your favorite fat boys. boys. What's up, everybody? It's your fat boy, Jerron. Stefan, a.k.a. Mayhem, a.k.a. the voice of a generation, a.k.a. that special feature on that favorite song of yours that you had 10 years ago. <laughs> what, what's your uh, feature price? <laughs> you know, it depends on the song. If it's a trash song, I only charge you 50 bucks. 50? You gotta get the Rackies. That's only if the song sounds like it might be good. Man, you lowballing yourself. <laughs> 50 bucks? Hey, hey, hey! If you a tra- if you you a trash artist, you ain't got a lot of money. You don't know that. They might be they might be in the field. You, you yeah, you might be right. I, you, I do love all myself. Yeah, you need to get in the rack. He's like at least two grand. I'm gonna work on it. Yeah, we gotta get this feature price up, and I I, I want ten percent. I'm your manager. Oh, he's just self proclaimed. That's how we do it. That's how, that's how that's how it's always been done. That's how all my managers have done it. <laughs> so what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of your favorite Fat Boy podcast. And let's see what news we got today. Oh, I'm finally officially listed on the transplant list. Hey, finally officially listed. You join anytime you want on the transplant list. I mean, if the chant was better. You didn't work on that one. No, that was, that was very spontaneous. I just came up with that. <laughs> yep. And it, I could tell. So it wasn't good? No, yeah, that was terrible. I thought you were going to join in with me too. If it was better. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but I am officially listed as of August 9th. I'm officially listed on the transplant list as a dual recipient recipient for heart and kidney. Four years later, it's here for the kid one time. Yay! So, last time we talked about it was when I got approved to be on the list. Now I'm officially listed. So now the, the fun begins where I get to wait for... Uh, unknown amount of time. Yep. Because I am O positive. You have a rare blood type. Mm-hmm. So this is the game plan. This is what the doctor told me Thursday. Was I'm stable right now. I'm at stage five on the list. If I get sicker to come to the hospital, we'll come to University of Maryland. Instead of me getting on uh, the LVAC. Yeah, I think it's the LVAC. It's the IV device that pumps the, the IV pumps directly into your heart to keep your heart functioning. If you own that, you only have a, a year expectancy to live. But few people go beyond a year, but they are still in a very sick position. So he said that if I did that, that would bump me up to stage three, but I'd still be waiting. They said that if I get sick, that when I come to University of Maryland, they're gonna to push to put like the balloon catheter in my in my chest to wait it helps my heart pump. Mm-hmm. And that would bump it up for me in stage two, and then I would receive my transplant within a few weeks to maybe a month or so, a month or more. So the game plan now is still to stay as stable as possible, stay out of the hospital. But if I get sick, this is what this is the road we're gonna go to is basically get me to, to get the transplant. Until then, he said, you know, live your life, you know, be mindful of what you're doing, don't overdo it, take your medicines. But eventually, my body's going to. Uh, start shutting down, and I'm in the being in the hospital because they're not gonna let when they give me the stage two, they're not gonna let me get out of the hospital. They're gonna keep me there for a certain period of time until they give me those transplants. So, 
That's what it is. You know, stuff I know his duty. When I get in the hospital, come and kill him, come and cut my hair. Uh, so as long as you don't call me your personal barber, we good. <laughs> no, I ain't going to uh, uh, defame you that much. So, but my close friends, they I'm, I'm going to tell everybody what their role is in the sense, you know, whether it be just to pray for me or, you know, check on me every now and then and bring me some food because hospital food is terrible. Wait a minute, pray for you was an option that somebody could take? I'll take that one. You gonna pray now? Okay, that's true. You got you got take you got to take things that you want to do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do do something, you you not saying you wouldn't pray, well, you want to pray, but yeah, you got to be. But I should table something you want to do. Uh, I guess you're right. The fuck? <laughs> I mean, I thought we just picking and choosing. So I didn't bring my eight friends over here so y'all can just have a Blake Uno. (laughs) (laughs) For job roles. That's all I'm saying. Make it fair. You got a good point. I'd make it fair for everybody. So, that's where we at. So, I'm going to keep on doing the podcast, doing Fat Adventures. I hit the internet until I guess I can't do it no more. So, and just, uh, you know, continue to to do to live life and you know every day I'm here is a blessing so and oh that was so damn cliche it is though my presence is a present as Kanye said so I, my, my presence is a presence to, present to you mm. it is because I come around a lot I can't return that because <laughs> <laughs> that should come with a receipt will you, will you shop there from Macy's 20 years of friendship <laughs> Uh, don't get no better. Don't get no better. So, but yeah. And I guess on the more positive note, anything going on with you? Anything new? Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. Are they so fantastic in your world? Every day, all day. That's good. So, well, let's get into this episode done and stop being sad about my health. But let's, everything's good with me and we're on the right direction. So, here he, here he. Let's see what we're going to talk about today. We're gonna talk, it's going to be a music episode. It's another hit list. Yep. So, this question came to me from my friend Tiffany, and she was on Instagram one day talking about a coming of age album or artist that she really took to. You know, like we are in our thirties now, but most like now, I guess like late teens, early twenties, and things like that. So her artist was Kid Cudi. I'm not a Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi fan. Yeah, me fan. neither. Me neither. I missed out on that whole wave. I like maybe one, two songs, but I didn't listen to the album. I didn't catch it. I mean, but coming of age though, she's in our age group. Kid yeah. Cudi isn't that old. No, but I mean, she just when she discovered them was when I don't know, but it's when was like, like mid twenties. Yeah, I mean, if you if you come in age and you're mid twenties, you a late bloomer. <laughs> I don't think she's a late bloomer, <laughs> but I guess that that I would go either ask her like what that meant to her. She right, did yeah. say that, and I can't remember the top of my head now what that meant to her. But we, I thought I thought that'd be a good time for us to kind of uh, dwell into with some of my musical taste. Right. So I go with the, I go. With my first pick was. Reflection Eternal by Tyler Quali and High Tech. And I, that came out, I think, 99 or 2000. Yeah. I think right around that time, and for me, was it, it was a time period of when music was really popular with the hot, with the, the hot boys and the cash, and cash Money Millionaires. Like they were taking over. No right. 99, yeah. 2000. But they were just everywhere. And I really couldn't pick up what they were. But they were letting you know they lay they were laying down because it was like so foreign to me. Like I heard gangster rap before, but this is from the south, so it was like, what is this? Right. And 
I'm going to tell this little story because it's funny and embarrassing. But for the longest time, I thought the lyrics to Juvenile ha, ha, was, you a baby Jesus. You got your black on fire. You made it from made it from nothing. Now you're something. You're hustle, whatever it was. But I, he, I thought he was saying you a baby Jesus. Right. He said that to me. I said, he said you a paper chaser. <laughs> you a baby Jesus. And when you say, he said, "What's the, you know, Larry Bahar, you a paper chaser, you got your block on fire. You had your business to the, the moment, moment you were fired. I thought he said you a baby Jesus. I thought that was some, 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 some code above, above all that they were speaking in down in Louisiana. <laughs> Fucking baby Jesus. So, but with, with reflection eternal and discovering Tyler Kweli, I was like, oh shit, like they, they, they're saying something I can understand. And it, yeah, the punchlines, the metaphors, and then the things he was referencing, and maybe go back and research because I like I never heard Nina Simone until then, and maybe discover most deaf. And then I was, I've been a fan of him since, like, and then High Tech put out album out. It was like he's a producer, so he put out a whole compilation of different artists and everything. That I think is, in my opinion, it's actually my personal favorite top ten albums of all time. Hmm. And you know, to me, that was just like because everything was just so. Down south at that point, and the cash money was everywhere. And then here was this on Rap City. They did this, this video. I'm like, well, who's this? And I went and got the album. And it was been it's been a, it's a classic, still sold to this day, and one of my favorites. And that that stuff that propelled my musical taste into quote unquote backpack rap instead of you know jumping to the the gangster stuff. Right. So, so my first coming of age album is a classic album, and it was during the time where. Because I was always into rap. Mm-hmm. I think the first time I really understood rap when I was in elementary school and ready to die. Mm. Biggie Small, Notorious B.I.G., 1994, when that album dropped, and I think the first time I heard Gimme the Loot, I was like, oh, I want to do that shit. You wanted to rob or rap? <laughs> rap. <laughs> oh, okay. Make sure. <laughs> He said, I wanted to rap. Like the way he the way he rapped on every song on that album, I was like, I want to do that. Because I was already in the rap and I was writing raps, but when I heard that Ready to Die album, I was like, I want to do that. Okay. That's a thing that I want to do. So yeah, and that has that had stuck with me for years and years and years. So that was definitely one of my coming of age albums. Okay. Okay, yeah. Ready Ready Die is a classic. I ain't gonna we I gonna knock you on that. So my second one is Wale. More about nothing. The more about nothing mixtape. So this was not a actual album. Well, it it technically is, but they would they, they were dubbing certain albums as mixtapes. So the more about nothing album was Wale. This is I don't know maybe a second or third mixtape. Probably more. Probably not really that. But it came out two thousand ten. In two thousand ten, around that time period, I can remember what was going on with me because this album was something I was just bumping to the whole summer. It came out. So around this time, I broke up with a girlfriend of mine at that point, and we broke up. I didn't have a car. My car got totaled, and so I was saving money up to get a new car. And so I was saving up. We was going through a lot, and then we started breaking up. And then I got my settlement check from the accident because it wasn't my fault, and I was injured. So with the money I saved up, I was able to, you know, go ahead and put that as a down payment to my new car. And I, I say I pocketed the settlement money, you know, put that in my savings, held on to that. But the whole summer, I was bumping my new whip, this new this new Wale, and I wasn't for the first well, I won't say for the first time, but like I just I wasn't I didn't have no girlfriend. I was just doing what I wanted to do. I was hanging out, I was partying, I was going out to clubs, lounges, 
going to D.C., going to Philly. I was out here, you know, in these streets, as the kids say these days. I was, what you, what you do that much for? <laughs> Just keep going. So that this was a coming of age of me letting go a lot of a bad relationship and then coming to my own. And just kind of do what I wanted to do. So that album will always resonate with me because it, it, it about, you know, being on my own in a sense, not tied down to anybody, being fly, having fun, you know, living in that moment of time. So thank you, Wale, for that. My second album is, again, that 1994 year was, I guess, a, a big year of self-discovery for me. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to you know, wanting to be a rapper, and the second one was, I guess, the discovery of what I thought was how to express yourself in a sexual manner, TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, because Creep, Red Light District, <laughs> I mean, that was the, that exude sex in, what I, you know, in, the, in my mind, what was sexy to me, and, and definitely shaped my view of what sexy is supposed to look at and what you're supposed to be when it comes to being sexy. What, what, when your album came out? 1994. How old are you? I am 38. So you was holding like eight, huh? Mm, I was 10. 10. You was the only little boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 I'm not going to say that I wasn't. <laughs> Said I will definitely admit to that. I definitely was. Well, horn will come over there. <laughs> That's a really good album, too. Like, yeah. I didn't listen to that till like, years later, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't listen to that when I was younger, because I, I could understand how that kind of warp, it could warp your mind to a certain extent. I'm not going to say it warped my mind, but because it, it was, I was 10, mm-hmm. and I was definitely a bit hormonal. So, so, first time hearing Red Light Dish was like, oh. Yeah, the <laughs> video was more. Right, yeah, goddamn eye opener. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, what, what, the, what the Red Light mean? Let's oh, see. that what the Red Light mean. Yeah, goddamn eye opener. So, yeah, I definitely always hold Crazy Sexy Cool very dear. Okay, good choice, good choice. Uh, all your albums from the 90s, or do you have something that. Yeah, all of mine are from the 90s. Because, okay, cool. I mean, that was my coming of age. Okay, okay. So, my last one is Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. I was, that came out 2012. I was, what, 20, 26? Yeah, 26. So, as I was going, I'm in my, my late, my mid-20s at this point. For me, Kendrick, Good Kid, Mad City is up there in the top albums of the 2010s. Okay. And it just a, it's a really good album, and... I think I didn't, I didn't discover Kendrick until Good Kid, Mad City. He has other works before that, but that's when I learned about him. And then I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he's potentially my favorite new rapper right now at that moment. And I just that album, and then like whatever he had going on, like before that, I listened to it was really good. But the album is like really to me like the the pinnacle of him at that point. And to me, I probably get a lot of flatters. A lot of uh, Kendrick loyalists out there. Good Kid, Mad City is up here. Everything else is kind of, mm. it's, it's not the same. Right. Like, right. I, like, I miss this Kendrick so much. And I understand people evolve and change things like that. But I miss this particular Kendrick a lot. The sound, the, the ad-libs, you know, the storytelling. He's still a good storyteller, but I feel like people would say about him is like, he's like a goat. I'm like, he's in the, he's probably going to be, and when it's all said and done, he's going to be in a conversation. But I think that, I don't think there's an album that has matched Right, good kid, man. City to that level, and the impact it had on me was just like, because like the storytelling he was doing, what resonated with me so much is like, oh shit, I went through a lot of the same shit he did, you know, growing up. Even though 
Baltimore and Compton are two different places, but it was like similarities there, like just what we were, what me and were doing around that same age. Right. So I was like, I, I really resonated with it. So that album will is up there for me. Yeah, I don't think there's another country album that's come close to that. Like I listened to him, like the recent one that came out, I listened to it, but it, it, ain't, it ain't hit me like it was with that first one. Right. So those are my three. My final one is the album that defined my teen years mm-hmm. and really captured my personality during those years is Dark and Hell is Hot by DMX. I thought you were going to say Eminem. <laughs> I was going to say Eminem album, but go ahead. Nope, D- DMX, because he was he was so raw and so aggressive, and that's how I felt when I was a teen. Okay. Just that Rough Riders anthem and everything that was on on that album is just it's so raw and gritty, and, and I, that's what I was. In starting in high school, mm-hmm. I was just this angry, angry, angry child, and DMX captured all of that for me. Okay, okay. So yeah, that's why that is dark. His debut album is Dark and Hell because he was coming in with something that nobody was doing, just that aggressive and that rough. That shit. That's like, yeah, I, I understand you, DMX. I'm angry too. <laughs> Uh, imagine you saw this to Kenny Chestnut. You were totally different person. <laughs> or some Goth Brooks. I mean, I listen to all of those things. Right, but they hit you like that. Right, like DMX. DMX hit me. It's like, yep, you, you get it. <laughs> you get it. I'm angry. I want to bark at the world too. Oh boy. So some of that song at that album, you probably just be, you go right into it. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. That's what's up. All right, so next part of this is, who is someone you like musically that you're embarrassed to say you like now? So you go first. I mean, the thing about it is, is that I don't have anybody that I like now that I would be embarrassed to say that I like. Okay. Because I like who I like. I, that nothing brings me any embarrassment for that. I, I will say, no, no. You know, there is one song that I like. It's, it's a terrible fucking song, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so fucking popular. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> I, love, I love that fucking song. It's, Who did that again? I, I, I think it's, his name is like Aqua something. But, you know, let me look it up real quick. Should have grabbed it. Yeah, I can yell it. Yeah, I can yell it something. Then put it in your mouth song. It's a fucking terrible song, but I always found it so catchy. <laughs> put it in your mouth, in your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> this is such a fucking terrible song. Again, I'm not embarrassed that I like it, but I like it, <laughs> and, it's, and I under, and I understand it's fucking terrible. Right, right. I think for me, I would say Wiz Khalifa. I like them for reasons I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> and I went to a concert of his. I'm not. I'm, I'm not a weed person. I'm just. I'm not. It's not my cup of tea. No, not nobody who does it. But I don't understand why I was at that concert. Like, there's a handful of songs that I do like of his. But overall, I'm like, his first album. I'm like, his mistakes were decent. But the album came out. I was like, this is. Uh, it felt short for me. The concert was cool. Cause it, it, and I'll say that the concert was cool because of the fact that it introduced me to Big Crit. And then I became a fan of his. I'm like, I ain't know, I know I ain't nothing about him until he came out and performed before Wiz Khalifa did. And then I started like looking into his albums and stuff, his catalog. I'm like, oh, okay, he can really rap. He got, he really saying something. He's, he's a storyteller. 
So I got him because of Wiz, but like over the years, I'm like, I be trying to get Wiz a chance, and after a while, I was like, all right, man, this is, you, you, it, I can't do it. Yeah, I didn't like Wiz Khalifa from the jump. Nothing ever really struck me. So I think, and then you got anybody else that you made or another song or something? I mean, well, that kind of leads us to the third topic. So. I mean, I mean, if you want to see, wax a million, pull the panties off on the dance floor. <laughs> Anybody on a on a BAT uncut is is we embarrassed to say we we know some of your songs by heart. So, and what's another topic here? So, oh, name three rappers that didn't live up to the hype. You want me to go first, or you? Oh, you go first. Memphis Bleak. You know, he was. He, as much as I love the rock and the rock era, if you look at the the, the Rockefeller family. Was, yeah, Jay the top, Memphis was either his right, and Beans was probably his left hand man. But I don't think Memphis Bleak added anything extra or anything special to the Rockefeller. Really, I mean, and all because all of his best songs really were featured with either Beans or Jay. I don't think there's one standalone song. I could be wrong. That he has that's like moved the culture or says like, damn, he nice. I mean, he did have that one song with Missy Elliott. That was Jay's song, but Jay, but that song wasn't good until Jay got on it. Well, I mean, Missy was. I love it. I love Missy part. <laughs> I love Missy part. But I mean, that's you take that song alone. It's, it's a good radio song, but when Jay put it on, when Jay put this verse on there, that shit, that went out of here. I don't think Memphis. I think he. I don't. I get, it does not. He does. I don't think he lived up to. I mean, I don't think it's, it's not too many artists. That I think. In, well, you got a few, but in the Rockefeller camp, I think Beans is separate. You know, I'm not saying he's Mr. Jay Z, but it's Jay Beans, and then you got you can figure three, three, five, and the six, and all that on your own. But it's like who who else would want to be feeling that? What is Memphis even in that argument? Top ten, like mm, yeah, you know. So yeah, for me, one of them is is, is, uh, is Memphis Bleak. So okay, sorry. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned somebody from a camp because one of my ones from a camp was Drag On from Rough Riders. Did not live up to the hype. Oh, he had like he had like three good songs, and mm-hmm. then that was it. Like opposite of H two O, Bush Your Guns. Yeah. And, uh, the, what was that song him and uh, Juvenile was on? That's that's what what you oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he had like two or three good songs, and it's just never, it's, it started never really rise. Yeah, I get, I, I agree with you there, because he, he could rap his ass off. Oh, yeah, all day, every day. Just did not live up to that hype. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with, I will agree with that. So, my other pick is uh, Meek Mill. <laughs> and he can rap. He has, he has some, I, a handful of songs he has. His best song is Dreams, Dreams and Nightmares. Mm. I saw him perform, and when that song comes on, that energy, oh my God, it's through the roof. Oh, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of energy from his debut song. Yeah, he was just yelling at niggas. Right? So when you had, like, plus I was in, I was in the club during the era where Tupac back and I'm a boss. When those songs came, when the Mama Boss came on, man, that shit, the club went crazy for that. Club was crazy when that song came on. So, but I feel like after that, like his albums weren't, they just were it wasn't, it was just like fillers. Maybe some songs stood out, but like, I don't think he has, a, he doesn't have a classic album to me. Right. Yeah. You know, his last album he put out with well, the one before that in like 20, 
2019 or 2018. That was good at the time. When I went back, listen to it not too long ago. I was like, eh, I can skip over a lot of these. So, but yeah, he don't. But to me, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have a classic album. He had like some decent songs on like different mixtapes here and there. But I, th- I don't think he's lived up to his hype either. And it doesn't help that he lost a a rap battle with Drake. So mm. Mm. yeah, that definitely wouldn't help. Yeah. So sorry, Meek. My next person is someone. I guess a lot of people had high hopes for because he came out with a hard ass song. Mm. Craig Mack mm. did not live up to the hype. <laughs> he came out with brand new flavor. That was the song of a fucking summer. Mm-hmm. And then they had the remix on there. Everybody versus was hard. He had the power of fucking P Diddy behind him, and he nothing just couldn't go nowhere. <laughs> right. That's that definitely is a disappointing. Uh, disappointing. Not not per- person who did not live up to it. Yeah. Because he like you said, Lake Flavor Ed was out there. It yeah. Was, it was just a hit. Kick in the fucking door. Ah, here come the brand new flavor in your head. That was the shit. And just, whoop, nothing happened after that. So whose fault is that? Is that, is that, is that Diddy? Or is that more or is like on Craig Matt for not selling himself? Yeah, you know, I mean, that, I, w- I would say that's definitely on part of both of them. One, mm-hmm. P. Diddy, he does as much as he can, but he, in certain artists, he really didn't promote them too much. Okay. And, Craig Mack just never had another song that came out that came that hit as hard as Flavian you. So he just kinda dwindled into nothingness. Yeah, R.P. Craig Mack. Shit, you said for Craig Mack, you said for Black Rob, and you said yeah. for G Duck. Yep. Cause they had the hood on fire. Yeah. And then I don't know how a G Duck. The fire fizzled. I think Black Rob went to jail. Yeah. I think both of them might went to jail at one point. But yeah, they he had they had all had hits. And you, you can stand well. I, I really could. <laughs> All right, come on, let's go. All right, my last one is Cassidy. You are absolutely right. <laughs> and from the notoriety he got from that rap battle with him in Freeway? Where he, he burned the fuck out of Freeway. Oh, did he? He, you know, he, he was like, he solidified himself as like that battle rapper. Yeah. But he couldn't make a single to save his ass. And... Hotel is trash. I'm about to say, I'm about to say you, you ain't like hotel. No one should like hotel. Hotel is terrible. Not because not because the fact that Arkansas in there with a fucking mask on, telling you these these the Pop Piper. No, it's just the fact that this is a trashy ass song. But we know no better. Yeah, you know. But and it, it like and then like when I got the album, I was expecting him to have like some really hard cuts. Him like really like rapping, rapping. It was a bunch of single shit. They were trying to like make. They were trying. He trying to sound. He trying to make a radio song. And he and it's like then that sticking bug come in the place of can a battle rapper make a actual decent song? And it's like just two sides to a coin. It's like yeah, you nay. So, but yeah, he was just a letdown. I'm like even when he brought the second album out, I was like it was it was better than the first one. But it was like he didn't. Well, then he got legal trouble, so he was in jail for a while. But he didn't live up to the hype. Said so, so in my final one is a classic didn't live up to the hype, but it gets a lot of notoriety nowadays. Bismarcky, the vapors. He got like two good songs. You got what I need in the vapors. You right? Yeah. See, I mean, when you, when people talk about him now, it's like yeah, he's just a legend in the rap game. But mm-hmm. not really. He he really didn't live up to the hype. He's just a rapper, right? He wasn't doing. He didn't do nothing like producing. No, he didn't rapping and beatboxing. Okay. okay. Like I said, oh, I, I I love him to death, but he did not live up to the hype. 
Oh, well, you know, agree, disagree. I'm, I, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying for everybody else out there. So, all right. And then now, lastly, we got who's a new artist that you would put me on? So I got three here that I would, I would, I would introduce you to. One is called uh, Dear Silas. I recently discovered him off of Twitter. And I listened, I've been listening to the album for the past week. He's from uh, Mississippi. Mm. And he can, he can rap. He does a little singing as well. And the album I, I listened to, okay, it's called Giving Self Love. And so he talks about self-love on the album. He also talks about his father passing away and that self-love reflection. And he talks about it when he raps. He, he starts rapping for, about stuff we can understand. It's not in that gibberish mumble rap or that I'm high on something. I'm just rapping and be rapping. He on the beat. He, yes, he can carry a tune. I think you would enjoy his raps. Hmm. Yeah, me, I got nothing. <laughs> Because I haven't listened to any new, as far as rap goes, no new rap artists. The new artists that I have listened to are from genres you don't actually listen to. How do you know that? You listen to EDM? Who? Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not too familiar. So you don't listen to House and EDM, and those are the new, some new artists I found in those segments that are very good. Ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, if you want to break it down like that, sure. <laughs> it's in the same vein as Daft Punk type oh, situation. Okay, okay. So yeah, those genres of music you don't really listen to, so I got nobody to recommend. Well, okay then. <laughs> so let me go with my list then. So there's Silas. Another rapper I got is La Russell. He's a rapper, independent artist out of Vallejo, California. So he's built up. I, I like about him is that he's put a, he put on albums out like left and right, but he can rap. And he puts a lot of what he does on social media. Mm-hmm. So right now what he's doing, he's like doing concerts from his backyard of his personal home. So he's like telling people like, you know, hey, come on out first. Like so many people, you know, you get a free concert pretty much. Or I know how he's getting money off of it per se, but like it's an experience. Right. He's performing live. They get he put on the show and he's selling merch. He's doing concerts. And then he, t- he breaks it down to how like with the, him being independent, that he's making sure that everybody in his crew is eating. Like, they're getting paid good for the services, like the engineer, to the merch person, to his mom and dad. Like, everybody got a part in what he's doing. And he's showing you, like, this is how you come up with your niggas. You make sure everybody get a job. You get you provide them a job, but then everybody come up with you. So he's just showing you step by step everything he's doing in the process of being a rap artist. He's turning the MC Hammer. Well, he's not putting the whole hood on. <laughs> but he's showing you, like, from the beginning, to the end of what he's doing and how, you know, trying to get into the Bitcoin, and, you know, we not in that, but he's just showing you different things. I get money and, you know, put people on things like that. So I like, I like what he's presenting, how he's presenting it. And it's, it's just fun to watch. And then listen to his music. Like, okay, he actually is good. So I would put it, I would say, give him a take. The last person I got is a, a female rapper. Her name is Neelam. She's a, a Muslim rapper. And, but she got bossed for days. I think lyrically you'd be very impressed with her. Mm. She not done my shit down. She come with the bars, and she's definitely speaking from a perspective of of being a, a Muslim woman as well. And it's not oh, it's not sexualized at all. You know, it's not too much in your face. Like this, you know, like a I'm, I'm Muslim and this is who I am. But she's like you when she you look at videos and you look at what she, and hear what she's saying. It's like it's it's powerful. Hmm. So she's she's really really dope, and she's a lyricist that I would watch out for because she was on the. What's that? The BET Cypher, like doing one of their war shows, mm-hmm. and she killed her round. Okay. So yeah, she's someone I would I would like. Next couple of years, well, I don't I don't know if she would fit in the mainstream because our mainstream is with you know with with Muslims, but 
She got she got bars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know something. Yeah, a Muslim rock group that I listen to, all female rock group, which is very fucking good. So okay. I said I will make sure that I put those names in the comments so people can check them out. Right. So I hope you check them out too. That would be you know, uh, obviously. I, I I do listen to these people. Half the time I don't like them. But <laughs> I I ain't giving you nobody whack. I don't know that yet. These people have they have substance. They do have substance. I, I will find out when I listen. I ain't taking this little baby. I will find out when I listen. <laughs> ain't gonna want them. Who? <laughs> Free wide sale. I'm to that because I want to like number game Philly. Cause you're not. <laughs> so, and that's what we got going on. I think that was it. All right. Well, as always, like. Comment, share, and subscribe. Said that's the podcast. And as always, you can check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. So peace out. Peace.